0: realized how zen that music is i feel quite chilled now um I mean, welcome son. to 21st century saints our podcasts and live stream series for members and those affiliated with those who i don't know hang around the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints here in the united kingdom and all around the world um we've got sarah our co-host in the house do you want to say hey
1: hello everyone it's good to be here
0: have you been up to anything good this week
1: do you know, I've had a fantastic this week. I've been hanging out, been hanging out with people from another faith community and it's been cool and it's been most awesome. And then went and hung out with some friends and stayed with them for a while and walked and went and protested at a wind farm turbine thing and kind of said, hey, no, this is not good. And I had a really generally very, very good time.
0: You're such a badass. I it's love badass. it. And we also have Ruth Heath in the house, the darling of the Brett Avengers. How are you doing, Ruth? What have you been up to? Well, even better now
2: you've said nice things like that. I'm I'm just working, working, life, family, you know, all the usual. All good. Awesome. And of course,
0: we have with us in the studio tonight our dear friend Nemo the Mormon. Do you want to say hi?
3: Hi, I'm a bit sad that Ruth stole my title as darling of the (laughs) (laughs) Avengers. Honest
0: i'm i'm not even sorry um what have you been up to anything
3: good uh not a lot really um i just got back from switzerland uh where i've been making uh doing thrive events making a film uh which will be well film it'll be a little short film that will come out uh on the channel and uh, i also walked across an entire country while i was out there answering people's questions so watch out for that video as well that's what i've been up to looking
0: forward to i'm really Mm. looking forward to um okay before we uh before we jump in announcements is there anything that we need to sarah do you do you want to tell people about the survey before we kick off
1: yeah we're getting we're getting a lot of responses to this survey the numbers are really racking up now Uh we getting at one point there were more responses from men than women which we were really interested in now we're seeing the slightly more responses from from women than men but it's incredibly interesting to see what people have to say and we are so grateful for the courage and the confidence people have to trust us to trust us that we're going to keep that information confidential and only use it in a way that can push the church to greater and more responsibility around safeguarding and to understand better the level of need that we have out there i think it's brilliant if you can go on to the survey please go on to it fill it in send it in share if it's safe and feels okay for you to do so share it's really important
0: absolutely we've already been able to identify clusters of um, areas of concern so even if you have just um witnessed something or you're aware of something having happened it is really useful to get that information so if you would consider um sharing that with us we would be very very grateful um Okay, uh, other announcements. We also, this weekend, conference weekend, practice self-care. Um, you you all know this by now. If um, it's the time to stay off social media um, and not in a creepy don't-go-on-social-media-church-fast <laughs> <laughs> suggestion, but you might want to just uh, maybe mute certain topics on, on Twitter is a, a good way to practice self-care. We are going to be talking, uh, I'm going to be over with, priesthood dispatches tomorrow night along with the rest of the brit nemo uh, mormon civil wars peter Bleakley, um and priesthood dispatches and we're going to be talking about our conference predictions uh what else have we got this sunday we are going to be over with you nemo talking about the sunday morning session of conference yeah. nemo's lineup for the conference reviews is so good you're gonna love this um what else and next week we've got um David Osler, who um, is, um, sorry, Sarah, jump in.
1: Just, whoa, hold on, John. I know you're really excited about David Osler, but you I have really to wait next. Well, I'm sorry, you're not getting him next week. You have to wait another week. We because... get David it's Osler on weeks. the 12th of April. Next week, on the 5th of April, we're having some time to do a bit of a, conference debrief and therapy a little bit of a chat about where's conference been for us what's been the good what's been the bad did any of our predictions come true that's what we need to look at and you know a bit of self-care for those of us that may have struggled with various maybe, things
0: maybe we're all going to get the priesthood and we'll be really busy being ordained that
3: week.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so we've got what's and we've david roster is coming up we're going to have a guest host joining us for that conversation. So we're really excited. We've got a lot lots coming up. Um, we want to jump in tonight talking about voting opposed, um, the sustaining of church leaders. And uh, we have a bit of a background in talking about this subject on 20% because of Alana voted opposed at a state conference um, earlier on in 2022. Um, I held her hand and voted sustain while she voted oppose, And we had some pretty incredible experiences around that. It was really supportive. Um, but Nemo, you kind of picked off the social media buzz around voting a post. You maybe want to, for, for those of us who, um, those of our audience who aren't members of the church, do you want to talk a little bit about what voting is supposed to be? What, what, why do we sure. vote?
3: So when people are put in positions within the church, uh, when they're called to um, do a certain job or a certain role, uh, there is an opportunity for the members of the church to sustain them. Uh, And that delineates depending on how much their role affects the church. So if it's a local leader, then the local people will sustain them. If it's a slightly bigger one, like a a stake or a diocese sort of level, then that's where you get, uh, at that larger conference, you get sustaining votes. But at all of these conferences uh these sustaining votes are done um for the senior brethren of the church so the quorum of the 15 as they're often known so the 12 apostles and the first presidency so 15 people in total they are sustained and um, and you by sustaining what you're doing is you're saying that you support them uh you have no reason to think that they shouldn't be doing that role uh and so you can support them in that role and you will you know give what you can to to help them succeed in that role uh and what happens is after you've after the sustaining vote has been called for, there is an opportunity for those who oppose to also offer that vote, because if someone knows a reason why that person shouldn't be in that calling, much in the same way as kind of a, a, at a wedding, you know, if anyone knows a reason why these people should be getting married, please let us know. Same principle uh and so you vote you vote opposed you raise your hand in the same way sometimes you have to stand or even have to vocalize it to make sure that vote is acknowledged because opposing votes are very rare or at least they used to be they're getting more common now um i may have something to do with that but they're becoming more they're becoming more common uh and so uh you know hopefully we're desensitizing people to them but they're a big deal when an opposing vote happens it's a big deal some people have never seen one before Uh, we're used to just this unanimous vote of, yes, I support these brethren. Uh, In fact, if you go back to the 2014 documentary, uh, meet the Mormons, the one that was done by Lynn Alloway on channel four, one of the shots they show that kind of doesn't always paint the church in a great light is people all raising their right hand to sustain at the same time. You see the conference center, 22,000 people all going like this at the same time as part of the sustaining vote. Um, so it's, it's a big um, uniting thing that members do together to say, yes, we support the leaders of the church. hope that it explains it.
0: actually always had been my favourite part of conference, even even at a ward or stake level. Mm-hmm. Having that opportunity um, was something that I, I still take very, very seriously. And mm-hmm. we're going to get into that a little bit. Ruth, tell me about, have you, had you ever seen anyone vote opposed? Was
2: is it is it common <sighs> here in the UK? I think, I think I do remember at a state conference, somebody voting opposed and there being lots of pushed, sort of disgruntled um, murmurings. And I have to be brutally honest, um, when I was Mormon, when I was active, when I was, when I was a believing member, if somebody had voted opposed, putting my five years, ten years ago head on, I would have thought you're just being you're just being contrary. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, if 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 you um don't like it, you don't have to come. That's that's how you can, you know, you don't have to play by this game if you don't want to. Now when I think about voting opposed, I feel entirely different about it, mm. completely different. And I actually think it is the it is the last hope for the faithful believing members it's it's their last chance to actually trust the system because you when you believe in a process of repentance you offer that as an opportunity for somebody who perhaps shouldn't be in that position of authority or position of responsibility to go through that repentance process because you know something you're not gonna you're not gonna out them in front of everybody but you know something serious enough about how they've behaved themselves that you feel that they should go through that process so that they can draw Mm -hmm. close to their heavenly father and all the rest of it and so i really feel now embarrassed for my believing self that would have sneered at somebody who was voting opposed but also how very very brave are people who do vote opposed because I think it's their way of saying I trust this system please 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 don't prove me wrong please 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 let this count for something and let this Mm. let the system work as it's supposed to work and I'm So what brought you, What
0: t- tell us the story of your voting opposed. What was it like Oof. the first time, but most importantly, what brought you to the point where you chose to do it?
3: Well, I started off realising that they're lying to us. This the, the members of the Quorum of the Twelve, first presidency, are lying to us. And I know there's believing members that watch this podcast, and that's a very bold statement to make. Uh, and... What I thought would happen is, okay, I'll vote, will vote opposed because I have reason to believe that a a proportion of them are not being honest, and so what I did is I took that then to my state president as you do, because then you get a chance to speak with them, and I I, I was I was trying to get a temple recommend, and I couldn't get a temple recommend because I couldn't sustain them for these same reasons. So in trying to reconcile that, I got a chance to meet with my state president and. That's normally where opposition to the first presidency in Quorum of the 12 stops, is with the state president. But what I did was I pushed it a bit further. I've done a whole episode on this. I won't go into it all now, but I pushed a bit harder. I managed to escalate my concerns past them to the area presidency uh, and then up to the first presidency through a little bit of um, ingenuity on my part, shall we say. And then uh, I got a response from Dan H. Oaks. Uh He doesn't have any answers to my reasons for opposing him and so i'm now stuck in a position where no one can resolve the things that no no one can give a satisfactory answer or an answer at all particularly to why it's okay for them to be lying or whether they're lying or not even in that position (laughs) and so we're in a position where they probably shouldn't be in that calling anymore because they're lying or no one's given a good enough reason why that's okay for them to be lying in that position still so uh, that's what led me to it and that's kind of how I
0: uh-huh.
3: rambled along um,
0: and I'm going to follow up with you about yeah, that but could you maybe talk a little bit yeah why, why do you think could you maybe summarize what your reasons were? we're, were saying lying would
3: okay yeah so yeah yeah. they were they were saying things in their position as prophets seers and revelators which is what we're sustaining them as so it wasn't that they were saying untrue things to their mate over the garden fence it was when they were in a suit and tie at an official church function representing the church as a prophet seer and revelator which is the the position we were sustaining them as every time you're asked to sustain them they were saying things that weren't honest, such as Jeffrey R. Holland was talking about double-digit growth within the church, that just wasn't happening. Uh, he he was talking about the church not spending one red cent on Proposition Eight, again untrue. Uh, you've got Russell M. Nelson lying about the plane of death story. Uh, you've you've got Danette Jokes lying about electroshock conversion therapy. You know the the list goes on, but there's. There's these things they were saying, not just behind the scenes, but in their official capacity as prophets and revelators. And so, if they're saying that in that position, I can't sustain them in that role because while they're in that role, they were lying.
0: What did you do to resolve those uh, concerns that you had before you went to the uh, the lens of voting opposed?
3: Um, I researched them, so. <laughs> I studied it out in my mind and in my heart, as the scriptures teach us to. to. Um, And the studying it out in my mind was the most important bit because your heart tells you that, well, you should probably still sustain them Mm -hmm. because, you know, why wouldn't you?
2: So we've got a a, um, sort of a model of how this can be handled with somebody in a position of authority in the church in that we've got the Paul H. Dunn experience Mm -hmm. of somebody who was caught – You know, found to be fabricating narrative. Mm -hmm. Let's put it that way, of what had happened to him and his life experiences, and relatively benign. You know, supposedly faith-inspiring sort of talks, and yet it was dealt with in a certain way. Once that was highlighted, Mm -hmm. what you have done is is given them an opportunity. As have many people, let's face Mm -hmm. it, they've been called onto the carpet and 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 said, "We know that we know that what you've said there." isn't factually accurate and you need to go through the repentance process like every other Mm -hmm. mortal person on this planet admit you were wrong say you were sorry make amends where you need to Mm -hmm. don't do it again and we don't see that being modeled
3: no
0: um i think what i'm getting at is um this wasn't when you voted opposed this wasn't the first time any of your church leaders had heard that you might
3: have concerns right no 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 no. um yeah i you know it came about through a temple recommend interview first of all Mm -hmm. and then you know i before i was even voting opposed in person i would just after at general conference i would say oh by the way this is my opposing vote because of x y and z and we'd meet to talk about it but then i started voting opposed in person and i have done it every opportunity pretty much that i can uh, to be there in person and vote opposed, uh, because it's it's important. And sorry, go on, come.
0: Go on. Sarah,
1: you were going to ask a question. No, no, carry on, Nemo, carry on. I
3: was going to say it's it's evolved, and and this is the interesting thing. The second time I voted opposed, my state president said, "Oh well, I don't really need to meet with you because things haven't changed." And actually, what is terrifying, actually, is that every time i vote opposed they've done something else yeah. i've uncovered another lie they've lied again or the, with the sec fine all of a sudden you find out that not only were they lying to the members of the church they were you know lying to the government about the the about the size and nature of their assets you know they they, they every time so i can go to my state president and say well actually no I'm not voting opposed for the same reasons those reasons haven't been resolved but there's more there's more there's more
2: yeah.
0: um I I want to ask this this question that um be, because I I feel like um part of the key to what I want to ask ultimately is is around resolving the issues mm-hmm. um Angie's asking or making the statement. no leaders want to hear members concerns really mm-hmm. what was your experience of that um, are, were you supported in your concerns
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and also really the the thing that's that's in you know the back of everyone's mind um not just were you supported in your concerns <laughs> would it be easier just to bugger off like like <laughs> I yes. mean, most people just leave right
3: yeah,
0: yeah. so Talk to you about
3: Yeah, so uh, for those that don't know, I won leader roulette. We, we talk about leadership roulette in the church and you've either got a bishop who's very receptive or you can have bishops who are very hard line and I've got a very receptive bishop. Uh, my state president was a shining example of what to do up until um, he destroyed a letter that Daniel Lett- Jokes had sent that I never got a chance to read and now he's completely ignoring me. Um, d- ever since the SEC story bro- has broken doesn't want to talk to me um about this at all so when i register my next opposing vote we'll see if i can if you'll come to the table and we can talk about it because it's important um anyway so uh i was supported and ultimately the thing that was coming uh forward from the leaders was Uh, we don't know the answers to these questions uh we're really sorry and that's what led me to kind of push to the heights of going to the 12 and going to the first presidency and getting some of the answers from there was that everyone at this lower level was saying oh well sorry we can't speak to it so i said well i'll just go to the people who can then Um, and that then worked
0: so again just to double down on that and then i'm going to come to to sarah um so why don't if if you don't want to sustain your leaders Mm -hmm. and the problems are so big Mm -hmm. the question that we keep being asked is why don't you just leave
3: well because
0: are you just trying to piss people off i guess is what i'm asking
3: okay yeah no i get that i get that um well who else is going to hold them accountable if something wrong is happening who else is going to hold them accountable but the members of the church? Because the outside world don't really care unless they're actually, unless they're breaking the law, um, as we you know, or or looking like they were you know breaking the law. You got to be careful what you say around the SEC settlement. But you know, unless the law is involved and a, and a settlement amount of money is involved, that's what the media care about, um, or if they've hurt someone. So. But they are hurting the members, but not in as obvious a way. So you've got an abuse case, the media will cover that. A large amount of money is involved, the media will cover that. Money and abuse, those things sell newspapers, the media care. Outside of the church, no one cares if they're just not being honest with the members of the church. I can tell you no one cares because I have I have reached out to the Salt Lake Tribune on multiple occasions saying, here's, here's what's gone on with Down Lake Jokes. His, here was his response to a three and a half thousand word document outlying dishonesty amongst him and his fellow apostles, prophecies and revelators. Not a dicky bird. They don't care. They don't care about the fact that church discipline, according to the handbook and scripture, should now be actioned against the senior leadership of the church over the SEC fine. Again, they don't care about that. So no one cares other than the members of the church. And some people choose to leave because they just want to get out of the system where these things are going on but if everyone that sees the problem leaves then you just have a load of people that don't see the problem still being hurt by it and not realizing that's that's why i think it's important to to not just leave but that's i'm lucky that i can be in that position that's not healthy or right for everyone so some people do just need to leave you know
2: yeah and and i there's it's a it's a um self-fulfilling prophecy isn't it that if you say people who are disgruntled will leave the church. Well, yeah, of course they will, because there's no mechanism to stay faithful and and leadership be held accountable. Mm-hmm. And as as just regular Joe members, you expect to be held accountable for your actions by mm-hmm. your leadership, by God. That's the whole point of, of of the the trial that is life to be to repent and do better, to repent and do better. So when the leadership don't model that as a, as a realistic part of the process of being human and alive on this planet, the faithful just feel bewildered because what are we supposed to do when somebody is, isn't is living up to those standards and yet on the one hand, but they're just a mortal man, we just got to, you know, they're fallible. But on the other hand, you're not allowed to hold them accountable for being fallible. Well, wh- which one's the truth? Which one is it? Which is mm-hmm. why faithful members do sometimes just stop being active, even if they still believe. Or people stop believing because how can we believe in an organisation where people can be so fallible, corrupt would be another word when mm-hmm. it comes to the SEC ruling, and still claim to be exemplars of, of you know th- th- this faith that we all belong to. it's a real it's a really strange paradox to be sitting in and and i commend those that do feel strong enough to vote opposed because i think it's lovely if you get a congregation that support that but i know how how i would have viewed that when i was active Mm. and i would have probably not been the kindest most generous person sarah yeah i i
1: think there's a lot about voting opposed and it's a very powerful mechanism for us to hold the church to account. The problem with it is the church are not honest about how many people are voting opposed. And when you do vote opposed, it rarely becomes known to anybody outside you and your state president. I had an experience, October 2021, I, I'd been talking to my state president in a different state to the one I'm in now. On for some time about the problems that I was experiencing at church, the things that I was unhappy with, the things that I felt were harmful, were not safe, were absolutely not Christ-like in many situations. And we'd have and I was thinking, well, sometimes people are voting opposed because I knew people that, that were, but it didn't seem to be getting any recognition. It didn't seem to be any acknowledgement that anybody ever did anything, except basically a party game where Simple Simon says, put your hand up and everyone does this. And it just seemed to be that it was a party game. Mm. You know, Speaker says, put your hand up and everyone does it. Like Stepford Wives reunited, whatever. So in during the COVID, I think it was October 21, when we still went back in person for general conference in state centres or anywhere else like that, I silently in the quiet of my own home voted opposed and i then contacted my state president and put in writing to him just why i had voted opposed and i explained the concern i had around the false information that was being giving to people within the church things like prop HR oh, not a penny of church money was spent on it when yeah. we know millions were spent on it um things like the November policy where we were told it was a revelation and then the church realised just how unpopular it was and just that they hadn't railroaded everybody into becoming more homophobic, hate and all the rest of it, they realised it had to change and all of a sudden it was a policy not a revelation and rescinded. Problems around finances and just why do they think it's a brilliant idea to go and build a temple? in Haiti, when actually they could do with clean water and schools and medical services and stuff like that. And I just said I really had concerns about a lot of these issues that the leadership of the church were not answering and were not being honest in talking to us about. Now, my state president was absolutely superb. We sat and we met on a few occasions and we talked about the concerns I had. We discussed them. But he promised me that he would send that letter to... Court at the 12 he promised me that he would forward it and that he would come back to me with a response so i went back to him two or three times and said have you had a response oh no i haven't and so that's that's really frustrating then roll forward to when they separated our stake because of the exceptional growth of the church they decided to dissolve a stake and then we realigned boundaries and we moved into another stake and at that state conference, actually totally unknown, I ended up sitting next to another one of our fabulous Britvengers. Neither of us knew the other was going to be there and neither did either of us until seconds before it came, realised there was going to be a sustaining vote because it was a state conference. And we both looked at each other and thought, didn't know this was going to be a sustaining vote. And we both looked at each other and thought, can't, I, I, I just can't be honest and authentic with myself and say I sustain these people who are lying to the membership of the church, hiding factual information, refusing to listen to our questions and take them seriously and think that they have no need to give any accountability for themselves in how they behave to us. So we both voted opposed. Now, that in person, we did that, and I think because it was, because they were, Merging state boundaries, it kind of—I think—it just went under the radar and didn't get picked up or noticed, but, which was problematic. But at the end of that, after we voted, pose several people came up to each of us individually, gave us a hug, and said, "Thank you." And that was really interesting to me. And one sister gave me a hug. She said, "Thank you." She said, "It needs somebody to do that," and I know. The other Brit venture that was sitting next to me had exactly the same reaction. Now, a couple of days later, I had somebody phone me up from my ward and said, There's a rumor going around, the stake about you. I said, Oh, I said, Seriously? I said, oh, What rumor is this? And she said that you voted opposed. She said, But I don't think you'd do anything like that, would you? And I said, Ah, well, I said, Let's talk about that. Have
0: you met Sarah? You
1: know, I said, let's talk about that. She was blown away. She was absolutely oh. amazed. She was like, so you really kind of, you did? I'm like, yeah. She said, oh, she said, I've been telling people I didn't think you'd have done that. I said, oh, well, this is why." So but interesting experience is that we use the vote, as Nemo said, vote opposed, try to hold the leadership of this church for some accountability. And yet at the end of it, there's nobody coming back and saying, you know what, we're listening to your concerns. Across the world, X people have voted opposed, X people have made us aware that they're really struggling with this or with that, whatever they're struggling with, and we've realised that we need to have some discussions and talking about that. It's not happening, is it? So it's how do we use that vote opposed in a way that becomes much more public, much more focus and how do we actually really see the best outcome from it because we're using it to get the leaders to listen but they're trying to kind of ignore it a little bit and not actually be very public about oh in the i know what in the london stake this year 70 people voted opposed therefore giving the message to everybody else in the church hey there is an opportunity Oh. To voice your opinion, to say I'm not happy with the direction we're going in. And there's a safeguarding bit to this so whole voting opposed bit that we'll come to yeah, a bit later we as will.
2: well. Step up on that. Just know, Ruth, you were going to say something. So, I'm, yeah, quite cynical. I, the church is a corporation. It literally is a corporation. And there is one owner of this corporation who is the current president of the church whoever that might be at any given time we have general conference and we see ourselves as somehow shareholders with a vested interest the reality is we aren't there is one person Mm -hmm. that is in charge of this corporation and and it's what we are is customers in a supermarket and and they might occasionally ask our opinions they might send out a survey and say do you like the cornflakes or not but they genuinely don't care about the, our opinion about how they're running things is my is my take on it we're not shareholders who who have an opinion have an ability to sway how they do things that's that's the that's the metric that we're getting from the from the votes that are happening and and what they're doing as a result of it they don't care, so, and I think. Sorry. Ruth,
1: and I think Ruth, just to pick up that you're saying they don't care. I think what they're not hearing is that those of us that vote opposed do care.
2: Well, that we, we
1: care the very much, side, isn't it? that's why we're voting opposed because that's we care very side. much.
2: The, the the people like me who just go stuff it, I'll go shop somewhere else, walk out. The people like you guys are saying. I believe in this and I think it can do better and I think, and I love you enough, dear leader, to offer you the same repentance process that I know I benefit from. So I'm going to oppose you. It's it's harsh. It's tough love. I know that. That's called mm. repentance. That, that That's the process we all buy into and we all believe in as active members. I'm going to offer you that because I love you enough to tell you when you are wrong.
3: Mm.
2: And Unfortunately, they see that as more, um, just more of a challenge to them than me walking out the door. They're, they're happy for me to go quietly. They're not happy for you to stay and actually make them feel uncomfortable. That's on them. That's well, not on you guys.
3: It's like any abusive relationship. They'd rather you leave them than challenge them. Of course. They'd, they'd rather you, you weren't there at all and they could just pick on someone else who didn't put up a fight. You know, it's it. I I yeah. I agree. The idea that we make this some public thing. The the immediate argument to that, Sarah, from a belief perspective, would be: Well, hang on. This isn't a voting system. This isn't about. They call it a vote, but this isn't a vote. This isn't if there's so many people voting opposed, then this person will be removed. It is an opportunity for people to bring forward information that should that. Um, should it be true, would preclude the individual from serving in that calling. Which is why my state president always said to me, well, the sort of lies that you've described, if they were being done by a bishop or by a Relief Society president, I wouldn't release them from their calling. So then when I sent him a text saying that, well, hang on, the senior brethren of the church just cost the church $5 million and hid $32 billion of sacred tithes, Are you telling me that if a ward clerk or bishop or relief society president had done that with church money that they wouldn't be facing church discipline because if that's if that's Mm -hmm. the the bar if it's okay this is what opposing votes are about it's about bringing information forward that would preclude someone from from being in that role then yes it doesn't matter how many of them there are it only takes one if that if if the system's being followed properly, it should only take one opposing vote to have someone removed from their calling. If the information they bring forward is true, it can be verified as true, and that and what they've told everyone would preclude that person from serving.
0: Well, could we stick a pin in that idea? Um, mm-hmm. Because I want to tie that into something we're going to bring Sarah in with in a minute. But are opposing votes uh, just basically something that? goes and dies, it's, we're, we're only interested in the fact that sustaining happens, are they recorded? Um, Sarah has put it in writing, you've mm-hmm. put yours in writing, you've had lots of discussions about it. Mm-hmm. Is anyone paying attention?
3: The mm-hmm. local leaders will, because they're worried about the effect it has on, uh, you know, on the, the local members seeing this sort of dissent. The history of opposing votes is interesting very, very briefly, in that at the beginning of the church when the church was in its infancy these things mattered and they applied to everyone whereas now what they are essentially they've they've become this faith affirming motion that people just go through they're just this routine that people go through to say yeah i'm still on the right team i yeah i'm still on the team i'm still one of you lot um and so the opposing votes there just to give the image that it's what it used to be even though it clearly isn't anymore. And so, yeah, that's why they've battered it down to local leaders to take care of. They used to be, back in the day, when you voted opposed at the conference centre, you'd get taken aside by an apostle, and they'd chat to you about why, and they'd resolve your concerns, or or whatever the case may be, you know. That just doesn't happen anymore. And they'll say, oh, it's because the church is too big. But again, you look at it from a safeguarding point of view, it only takes one person to say, I know that man's a sex offender, and he should be removed from the perspective calling in primary that he was going to have, or the calling in youth, or, or whatever it was, you know, a calling where he'd be in a position uh, with vulnerable people. It should only take one opposing vote, because that was the original intent of the system, is to bring those things to light, to make sure we have eyes and ears across the entire church, let's see, um, let's see what's going on, because we can't know everything, and even though that kind of undermines discernment and we could get into that whole thing you know why can't they just know you know it's a pragmatic way of of getting people to, to put information forward
2: i think that circles really nicely to sarah what you were saying um about the testimony given to the um Charities Commission, about the the role that the opposing vote and sustaining vote plays in safeguarding people within the organisation. Do you want to...?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it's really important one that when the church solicitor who leads the church helpline gave evidence to the public inquiry on child sexual abuse in religious settings, one of the things that he spoke about around yes the church know all about DBS checks but we don't use them and actually you need to recognise that we do lots of other things that make sure that we're only putting people in a position when it's safe to do so and then one of the things he said that really highlights to me that we should consider safeguarding when we're thinking about an opposing vote he spoke about members of the church are not recruited, either by word of mouth, personal recommendation, or sought by advertisement, but are called to serve from the ward in which they live and where they worship. After thorough surging interview, I would dispute that bit, that doesn't happen. And after their name has been presented and sustained by the entire membership of the congregation of that ward. So they're putting names forward to serve in various positions and everybody's just sitting there and going, yes, that's okay, we'll do that. But actually, we are voting to put people in positions with children and vulnerable adults and we have no knowledge that they have been trained, that they have been background checked, that they are a safe and suitable person who we would sustain and trust and leave with our most vulnerable community members. So, and we've got, we're led by a leadership that don't seem to understand the importance of this. They seem to think it doesn't really matter that much, so they can take months and months and months doing nothing and years doing nothing, because it's not a priority for them. And I think, for me, that's that's a consideration. Can I possibly sustain the core of the 15 if they are not prioritising throughout the church across the world the importance of safeguarding our most vulnerable children and our most vulnerable adults and if they're not prepared to take a direct action to ensure that that is done, do they deserve my sustaining vote and could I give it with absolute authenticity and honesty and meaning? Could I offer that sustaining vote? And that's a huge consideration for me as we approach General Conference this time round.
0: Let me just um, see if I can uh, summarise what certainly my takeaway is from that. Church lawyer um, and evidence to a UK national inquiry on the subject of abuse and sworn testimony he lets uh, the the inquiry node that the way uh, one of our safeguarding measures in the church is the uh, process of sustaining and that where someone to have any concerns about an individual who is called who's in the congregation one of the ways that they would uh, be able to express concern is to not sustain that person how does he phrase that it's basically to withhold because he doesn't spell it out he said
1: no he didn't actually mention the word opposing let's not encourage that but what he did say was the person is presented for a sustaining vote so by implication by inferring actually they sustain him but you know
0: they don't have to Yeah, therefore, um, when someone is brought before the congregation, when that name is brought before the congregation as a person who is presented to serve in this calling at whatever stage, however long they've been serving, as a safeguarding measure, we are being told that by implication voting opposed is, is one of the ways we could express a concern. And um, have you ever heard that before, up, up until you had
2: read that? I find that incredible because I find the, what he's saying in that in that statement to a very important um, investigation was that this we are the backstop. As ordinary members, we are the backstop in yeah. safeguarding and our ability to sustain or, by inference, oppose is the way we keep... Um, predators out is the way that we keep um criminals out we mm-hmm. keep you know abuse out of our our organization and we don't need to do dbs checks because ordinary members every vote matters every voice counts and it only takes like you saying name only one person if they said you know what i know something that that would stop them that should preclude that will that will kickstart the process, and we won't have that person sitting in the, in the wrong situation. That is incredible. If that were a system that works, does that happen? Absolutely not. Well, no. well you and know actually,
1: what? How, how dare
2: they think that actually
1: all new church members should be given should be given that responsibility anyway, where they have no systems to back it up? But it doesn't work because doesn't even work. if we even if they called somebody to primary on Sunday morning, and ten of us put our hands up and said we oppose unless they felt like it they would not change the call to that person
3: i don't know i feel i feel like on a on a local level the opposing vote system works better um i don't think it is at all an adequate substitute for background checks or for proper safeguarding policy or for any of that but i do think I certainly if I think about wards I've lived in if I put my hand up and I said no I know that man's on the child sex offender's res- register yes. yeah, they yeah, would say right off he goes no, but I, it's I, not no, my gonna, responsibility sure, as a no. member it's not my responsibility uh-huh. as a member to know that and to mm-hmm. to ha- have to put that out they can just check that list themselves yeah right that's um, if you know it, it's it's a it's an extra way of checking with members but there are procedures in place that they should be using
0: Right, but um, I, I'd like to push this further because mm-hmm. what isn't mentioned in Brother Ford's testimony, also, you know, the, the testimony that he has provided is incredibly helpful and I'm, I'm really grateful that, that the church did provide testimony so that there's, there's really interesting things in there. We'll we'll put a link to that testimony up so that you can have a look. This is really important for members to know. We haven't presented this information, that oh, you can use this if you do have any concerns. The, what's presented to to us is the expectation is that this is an opportunity to sustain. I exactly like um, in the comments and, and Ruth is saying that um, this is a loyalty test mm-hmm. for me. I uh, want to be the good girl. I want to be affiliated as a Mormon and I I love the prophet. I, I want to sustain. Um, the problem is, that you have voted opposed nemo um my my brother is in the comments um and if he wants to batter me for calling me online then please go ahead later on we're, we're used to childhood scuffles but my brother Rab is asking about this um what is it like when you vote opposed uh, is the congregation okay like... sure what, yeah. what happens
3: and I think this is where I delineate again between the two two types because voting oh. opposed to the senior leadership of the church is one thing and is arguably more significant to people. If it's <laughs> like so-and-so is being called as the primary president and someone votes opposed, it's a different kind of shock because everyone knows that person. They're like, oh, so what does he know about her that I don't know? That's it. That's a different thing. And like I said, I think that's treated differently. But again, shouldn't be relied upon to keep people safe because what if I don't want to rock the boat? What if the one person in the room that knows isn't the sort of person that wants to put their hand up in front of loads of people and be the one to single them out and say, I have a problem? Yes, -hmm. they could go talk to the church leader afterwards, but, you know, it's it's just not well set up anyway. um, What's it like? Oh, go on. I can
1: say it is, and also if the church want to give official testimony to a public inquiry to say that that is one of the robust systems that they authorise and they recommend and they implement, mm-hmm. then we should be taking much more responsibility about whether we think the people responsible for the direction and leadership that this church takes as a whole are actually able to do so mm-hmm. effectively, just yeah. around that one issue
3: yeah and and you know i think i think we need to re-examine the word robust if they think that that's a robust system yeah because it's it's not anyway so and, what's and it like
0: just before you continue mm-hmm. anymore on on mm-hmm. what's it like um just you am i right in saying you voted opposed to the first presidency and the quorum of the 12 Yeah. at an area and local level you sustain mm-hmm. is that correct Yeah. right so Okay, so so what has it been like uh, opposing at that
3: level? I mean, well, that gets you some grace as well because my local leaders realise that it's not about them; they're not the problem. This is over their heads, um, and you know, I've had I have a member who comes up to me, and you can tell they're uncomfortable with me voting opposed, but they say, "Well, thank you for sustaining your local leaders." That's their line to me every time. Um, but, you know, I've had people come up as well. I've had I've had a bishop come up and say, you know, um, you know thank you for voting opposed. You know, they shouldn't ask that question if they don't want people to, to voice their concerns if they have them. So, you know, he's pushing that line and saying, actually, you know, don't ask the question if you don't want an answer. Uh, a lot of people don't view it that way. Uh, the video footage of me voting opposed that's out there online and some of the stuff that isn't online yet uh, shows that you know people turn have conversations with each other oh you see what's going on you can feel it in the room this latest time I voted opposed I was stood on the stand directly behind the state president so I was singing with the state choir um, and I promise I didn't put myself in that position that's where they told me to sit Uh, (laughs) was right behind the state president I thought Never so, again. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to do that. Not, that serves them right for making me sing tenor. That's their <laughs> fault. Uh, so I, I, was behind the state president, and I stood. I said I oppose, and um, that footage will will come out soon uh, over the course of this weekend. But you'll see me stand, and that's the first time I've done it where I can see all three hundred people or whatever it is in the state center, uh, all looking back at me, going what what's just happened um because it takes a moment and i was determined it doesn't look like it in the video but it feels like an eternity when you're doing it i was determined not to sit down until the state president had acknowledged it and because i've done it before he acknowledged it very quickly he was like yep because he saw me as he came in he clocked that i sat on the stand and he knew he's like right okay this is going to happen today um so he knows uh and he's now trying to just be like oh you know nemo what are you doing and trying to kind of fob me off as though it's not very serious when in actuality it's very serious so um if he's watching this i would implore him to return my text messages phone calls and emails please
0: as someone who has seen what uh I, you know we, we got to britvengers have special privileges <laughs> we well a couple to... of the
3: britvengers were there
0: well exactly came right came along but
3: to support having me having
0: yeah. seen the footage um at, as a person who's been a sustainer i thought it was incredible you're modeling how this looks and there isn't an anger there isn't an, you know people aren't trying to tackle you to the floor mm-hmm. it was noted and it was i i felt it was a it was a really special moment um The problem that I have is that if we're suggesting then Mm -hmm. um, that that we have this this almost backstop, that that a member can sustain, that that a member can oppose the calling of a local leader, what isn't mentioned in Brother Ford's testimony is that we fear ostracization Mm -hmm. if we were to do that. Um, We fear getting into trouble we fear it being public in the first place now while there are opportunities to have those conversations privately I do appreciate Mm -hmm. that however we're a community who fears this Now, I I know we're going to talk a little bit about the reception um that that, for example you Sarah have had that that Alana's had can you speak a little bit to when you first voted opposed
3: yeah what was that like uh the very first time was slightly nerve-wracking um i have to say and uh, it started off in person at ward conference um but i'm always sat right near the front uh i always make sure to to make sure that i can be seen um and so there's this feeling of kind of everyone behind you um and everyone else's is... and and if you've ever been there for a vote uh a, a sustaining vote you know the sound the sort of unanimous rustling of of suit jacket sleeves and clothes just sort of thing um and then when they say any opposed and you stand up on your own and say i oppose and then sit back down and then you hear what was just quietness becomes a little murmur a little rustle uh behind you and it's it's a bit unnerving but then the second time you do it again um then you go to state conference do it there uh and then it starts to just become routine uh and i'm trying to desensitize both myself and others to it uh that it's just this is just a normal thing this is get used to it
0: desensitize so mm-hmm. have you had the death stairs oh had... yeah right. yeah
3: i remember after my first time doing it at state conference i sent an email to the I sent an email to the state presidency, the uh, high council and all auxiliary presidencies. So the primary presidency, the research presidency, because some of the sisters that were sat on the stand were just staring at me. And I said, if looks could kill, we wouldn't be having this conversation because the sisters on the stand would have done me in. Um, and the one of the only people to reach out and call me on the phone was the stake relief society president, um, I believe it was, who called me up and said, uh, you know, I'm really sorry that if anyone made you uncomfortable, you know, you have a right to to do that, um, and you know, that's that's absolutely your right to to do that. So I'm I'm sorry um, that that happened. Uh, you can you will see in the footage. I'm probably going to blur their face, but other members of the choir were really kind of digging into the back of my head with their eyes um, after my most recent opposing vote because I'd spent weeks rehearsing with them. They had no idea I was going to do this. Uh, This person that they thought was just one of them, a normal member of the church, all of a sudden is this terrible human being who would just dare voice an opinion slightly different to theirs. And the, I mean, the poetic irony is that I just spent time singing in harmony with them and now my voice was not in harmony with theirs. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, you can can read into that all you like, but, Mm -hmm. you know, that was possibly slightly jarring for them. Uh, And I had one person
0: i don't know i i thought from seeing the footage and obviously everybody's gonna get to see it this weekend or Mm -hmm. or whenever you you put that out but i i reckon that they did pretty much what i do is just looked (laughs) like (laughs) and there's not a lot of um things to look at during conference it's not exactly entertainment central right and yeah, you did something unusual i i I didn't get um hate vibes from
2: them but then i don't know I'm not interested.
3: yeah like I mean, the foot fir- say- oh Go sorry on. i
2: was gonna say i think if i were a youth i'd be thinking this just got 10 times more interesting yeah. right
3: so <laughs> i was sat i was sat next to um <laughs> i was sat next to a member of the state presidency his kids and so like you've got these primary and youth one of the primary one of the youth sat next to me and they they were kind of like, oh, okay, because I'd been singing in the same section as them, walking them through the notes, been like, okay, right, we're doing this bit, this bit, this bit. Uh, and then all of a sudden, again, this person that was like, you know, this example, all of a sudden it's like, oh, what's he doing? That's different. That's strange. Um, but they were fine. We continued to joke with them. I I cracked a joke. Uh I can't remember what it was, but a member of the state presidency laughed during someone's talk. I made a joke and so so they remain quite jovial with me um about the whole thing because because uh, I, I, I make as much of a fuss as is necessary, but no more. And I think they well, listen, appreciate it as that. long
2: as it wasn't loud laughter. Although that it is not loud laughter. On the table. But you can yeah. you can
0: no. like, like laugh yeah. okay. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah
2: You like to do that now. Yeah, we had so maybe that's um, the answer we don't vote to pose, we just laugh really loudly when they suggest. Right. <laughs> um, <yeah.
3: laughs>
2: so
0: I, I want to come back to something that we spoke about a little bit earlier. And that is, um, Sarah, you did something that fascinates me. You put your opposing vote in writing to make sure that it was recorded. I've never heard of that.
1: Well, we 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 put we put that letter up on our web page later, so it'll be there if people want to read it. Great I mean, it will be it will be a slightly different letter this time, but some of the issues will be the same. So you're going reason, to do it again. Yeah, yeah. The okay. reason, well, yeah, the reason I put it in writing was because I wanted to have absolutely no. I didn't want the state president to to say, oh, somebody in my state voted opposed and to water down what I was saying. Because I think Mm. there's a problem where leadership tries to water down difficult messages because they don't want to, it's almost like they fear being the messenger of bad news and being labelled for bringing bad news to the leadership of the church. And I wanted to be very, very clear. These are the concerns I have. These are the things that I think need an answer. It needs some responsibility and accountability and I just wanted to have it there as a record and yes it's a record that can stand against me but it's a record that I actually think can stand as testimony that actually this is the church can do better and the church should be doing better so put it in writing the first time round and when I wrote the letter and sent it and sort of looking at it thinking okay click send just send it then there was that scary moment and the state president came back to me and he, he said well I first of all I wrote to him and said I voted opposed and this is and he came back and he said thank you for letting me know I'd like to understand your reasons and I thought that's great he was interesting enough to ask what are your reasons and I said well it's an attached letter it's all in there and we met a couple of times and went through it I think it's got to be in writing. I think it's there's a power in forcing somebody to read your written word as well as hearing what you say to them. I think there's a power there.
0: Do we just really like letters?
1: Is it maybe? <laughs> is it maybe we're...
3: I personally am a big fan of of letters. I have to um, say. Yeah.
1: It's a 21st century definite thing. I mean, we we're probably due to send another letter out to people soon, one of these days. We we just haven't quite worked, we're, we're thinking about that. If we
3: have
0: uh, something to say, we may... Sorry, a little, I
3: going to go. a little update for for the viewers is that um, the letters that I sent to the bishops and state presidents of the mm-hmm. first presidency, um, they are at the they they've arrived in the United States. They're in the local delivery office, so. They're likely to be delivered tomorrow, just in time for a conference.
0: Yes, I, I, mean, I guess I. The fact that conferences this is happening this weekend is um is. I am struggling with this. this mm. is a this is a personal um thing for me. I I wonder um Ruth is as, as someone who who doesn't attend, but your name is still in the church records. Is that right? Yeah. Um you have an unused vote and you just step back from church. Um, I guess I'm wondering if people wrote, if they used their vote in that way, do you think there would be any impact? Do you think it would make any difference?
2: As in to go just to vote?
0: As in to even, yeah, to go to just to vote or to write, to register or have, have their vote registered. Yeah.
2: Um, Whether saying, that's a theme or pausing. Well, in the comments sell your vote Ruth. There's you can few... buy
3: anything in this world with money Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> I give, I
2: give it I give it away. Give it away for a bag of crisps me Um I think so a, a little bit like what I was saying before I actually think the voting oppose voting sustain is is the last hope for the faithful. And and I think it's if you're a believing faithful member it's your last it's it's the checks and balances of the system that are in place because if you believe in in um, accountability and you believe in repentance and you believe that there are that we're all here and we're all fallible and we're on a journey to try and improve, then being able to say this person needs to be held accountable for something that they've done wrong and go, gone through that process is really really valuable. For myself, if I I, I feel like my ability to vote well I wouldn't sustain um my ability to vote to oppose would be viewed as sour grapes or something like that just because I don't want to play by their 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 game anymore anyway I feel like it wouldn't hold as much validity in their eyes and I I I might be wrong there. Maybe, maybe it would still count. I don't know. But, but it comes back to that sort of shareholders and this being an, an AGM rather than a, a general conference. Hmm. I, I, they don't think of us as shareholders with with a vested interest in this, in the growth or the. the, the they generally don't care. of us, Those of us that have left, and I de- generally don't don't think they would care if I walked back in the door and said, "You're getting this wrong, guys." They just think, "Jog on, we don't care what you think." So um,
3: I'd I'd push back on that in the way that I would challenge them on that if I turned up having not been to church for five years. I was like, well, hang on, hang on. You always claim to care why people leave? I'll tell you. This is my opportunity to tell you because there's a problem with senior church leadership. You go back and you say, well, hang on, I do still have a voice. So I'm going to tell you. And the third point, I think the most crucial point is you say, does it matter? Because it doesn't matter according to the handbook. Does it matter whether I'm a member of this church or not, a believer in this church or not, if I have information that indicates those people should not be in their callings? Mm. Take it away take it away from, from the First Presidency in Cromwell the Twelve for a moment. You take it back to a local level. It shouldn't matter if you've been to church for five years, ten years. If you hear from your friend that so-and-so is going to be sustained as a primary president and you know they've got a history of abusing children, your vote should matter even if you've not been to church for 10 years so that's what i would be telling them when they're saying oh but you know you don't really come to church or this or that or when they try and do that in a soft way when they try and ignore you you push back on that and go hang on no because my concerns the reason i'm voting opposed is more important than who i am or whether i come to your building very often or not
2: yeah and i agree and i but i think the um the the reality the ground roots reality is that that Voices are, are only backed up by your faithfulness, and faithfulness is demonstrated mm-hmm. by attendance and paying mm-hmm. your tithing and okay. ta- you know, doffing the cap to the to the to the leadership. And and I so I know that that's the way the system works. Mm-hmm. I was part of it, you know. I, mm-hmm. I frowned at the people that that seemed to not play by the rules myself. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't I I I don't know how powerful my vote would be. I would love the opportunity. And it, again, it's shadow statistics, isn't it? I would love the opportunity to say to them, these are all the missing voices, the, the voices that should be there and the reasons we're no longer there. Mm-hmm. They're, the, they're the statistics they don't want to gather. They don't want to know. They want to make up that information about why we no longer attend mm-hmm. rather than actually interrogate the information and say, what's gone on here? What what could we have got so horribly wrong that people are leaving in their thousands active believing faithful long-standing members are leaving in their thousands what did we mm-hmm. do wrong they don't ever want to look at themselves as an organization but I'd, I'd love that if, if they wanted to ask I would happily tell them um, our experience having no longer attended for a few mm-hmm. years now, is that even on a um, local level nobody wants to ask that question
1: mm-hmm. I, I think this I think there is a problem that a lot of leaders don't want to know. Some will have the discussion but have no answers and some want to have a watered down weak discussion about it because it's too difficult. But one of the things it's just worth discussing for a moment about what might hold people back from voting opposed and is it the fear of stigma, of shame, of that social punishment that comes your way by doing something that is seen as outrageous and irresponsible and wrong by other members. I, We had our ward conference recently, and I struggled with what am I doing about sustaining vote here? What is my plan? Am I opposing? Am I going to pretend this isn't happening? What do I do? And I really struggled with what was authentic and honest for me. But one of the greatest concerns that I had in my heart, more than anything else, was... I can do it, I've done it at a state conference, I put it in writing, I can stand up, I can vote opposed all over again in the ward. What does that do to people who I want to listen to our voice about safeguarding? And yes. that was my greatest concern was if I stand up and I vote opposed, do they then think well we ignore everything she, she and her colleagues and her friends and everybody ever says about safeguarding because they're just wanting to oppose the church and be difficult about everything. And I really struggled hugely with that. So I took away i I'm still not 100% comfortable with, and I abstained. And had a discussion afterwards when my state president spoke to me afterwards and said, what is your relationship with the church like? And we had a long discussion about my relationship with the church. I abstained on that occasion. That is coming again around now for general conference and my view is, I have huge support, love, and respect for my local leadership. Bishop, state president, kind of area presidency, a little bit, but certainly, like, certainly local leadership are absolutely there. The area presidency, I don't think I've been remotely responsible about the things that matter hugely to me in this church, which is equality, abuse, finances. So, I'm, I'm, but what I, what I don't trust this church to do is to use any opposing vote by any of the 21st century saints and our friends in the rest of the Britvengers as a group to use that opposing vote to decide that they can then justify ignoring everything we say about safeguarding because we're just a group of troublemakers that don't deserve to be heard. And I fear them doing that because I actually fear the pride level is such that they would do that. But yeah. equally, there's an authentic, honest bit for me about what do I do? So it's it's a struggle. It's not a simple, it's a struggle.
0: Um, there are a few people in the comments who have asked the question about um, not being a member, uh, having their records removed or having uh, the church for whatever other reason. Um,
2: they
3: can still vote opposed.
0: Right, it's supposed to be a public vote. That's what I was going to ask you about anymore. Um, yeah, I, because, I, I mean, I would really love... I, and I think, I, the, I so, I yeah, think the justification you know about... for it mm-hmm.
3: is, is you know, that old adage of, well, they're not just the bishop for the ward; they're the bishop for that whole geographic area, right? Yes. Uh, which is an irony. You, can, you you can say that about yourself when your building is open to anyone and it's open all you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week in theory, you know, um, like a lot of sort of Anglican buildings are, you go to the priory or wherever the the minister lives and you knock on his door and say, oh, I'd like to go into the church and he'll let you in. I've done it myself before. Um, you can then say, you know, well, I'm open to everyone. But when the only welfare or, or, or you know, when, when fast offerings are only distributed to the members of your congregation not to the broader area and and all these sorts of in-group out-group behaviors that our church exhibits I'm not sure you can say that but that's my long-winded way of saying I think that's why non-members can vote uh, can come and raise concerns because in theory that bishop that state president is the bishop and state president for that whole area so if you're you know you are into the mormon mind affected by their calling as well yeah i think, yeah, lost I, Jane.
2: I, I, I think she's just yeah I'm having a moment there oh, she yeah. is um i think i think you're right i think i think there is a power behind that and what we're doing then is saying we're, we're, we're saying put your money where your mouth is if you're mm-hmm. actually the bishop of a of an area a diocese whatever however you want to to view it um then you would be interested in everyone within that community um, having an, a, a, mm-hmm. a vote and, and, and either sustaining you or, or letting you know if there's something that they are concerned about. Mm-hmm. And if taking on face value what Andrew Ford said um, at the, um, at that, what's, inquiry. the inquiry, there we go, it's late. Um, if we take on face value what he said, he expects us to do that. The church yes. leadership expects us to do that, and and want the wider community to to do that as part of that safeguarding process, as part of just regular checks and balances process. Now, where I would where I would say, where would I feel now if I knew of somebody who was abusive in um, my local area who happened to also be a Mormon? I just go to the police. I, yes. I, you know I I am not playing by those rules anymore. I am not waiting for them to do something. If I know something, I'm going to go to people who actually have the power and the authority to to act
1: and to the will answer.
2: power and the will. And the willpower mm-hmm. who aren't volunteers, we flip flop on this. Oh, they're just a volunteer. They're just fallible. They're they're but they're there by discernment and they've got authority and you've got to listen to them. Well, which one is it? You, you know, whatever I I do, whatever our actions are, you spin it so that it doesn't. You don't have to act on that information. So if I knew of somebody, I wouldn't wait for the for the powers at church to act on that information. I would take it to somewhere that actually could do something with that information. Now that that's me, I get that faithful members still want to, still hope that the system will improve and that the system will allow it to. You know, those backstops on on the process to work. I I don't know.
0: Thank you, Ruth. Um. So as the Sarah and I have spoken. A lot about this over this past few weeks. Um when Alana first voted opposed last year, um I want to emphasize that she wasn't alone whenever she did that. Not only did she have me, but she had another Brit Venger and friend who our Mormon Freedom Fairy uh flew up from London to to come and and hold her hand while she did it. Um we find that as we find out and connect with our communities online, that if you have a desire to do that, you're not going to be alone. There's always going to be someone to support you and hold your hands while you do that. Once Solana had voted opposed, um, she had nothing but support. Members of the church had come outside to speak with her to say that they love her. And uh, people that she'd never met before and honoured her um, ability to use her vote. I, at that time, voted sustain. I am really, really struggling. Um, I know that for all of the things that people have stepped away from the church, um, all of the reasons people have had for doing that, um, all of the things that have happened throughout church history. I'm aware that it can be a bit triggering whenever I can take a position where I I don't know. I don't I do not know what to do with this. Um but I'm finally here. I'm finally in a place where I I don't know that I can sustain my church leaders certainly right now. Um I guess I want to underline the fact that people who vote opposed don't arrive overnight that it's painful it's something sometimes we're angry sometimes we're broken-hearted sometimes we um don't express it in the way that the church would love us to express it um which is usually not at all this really bloody hurts and this conference and I've got a ward conference coming up in a couple of weeks where I'm likely to vote opposed. Um, and I'm okay with that. Because I know it's the right thing to do. And so what I want to ask the rest of the panel here, um, maybe we could we could kick off with Sarah, then Ruth then Nemo, is to ask the question that we keep coming back to here in the comments, um, the, the question that people keep drilling down on. Does it make any difference? Oh, Sarah,
1: I think it it makes a difference. It might only make a difference to the few people that we re- role model. You do not have to keep agreeing with things if you find them difficult and problematic. You can use your voice. It makes a difference if you just get to sit with one leader or two leaders and share your reasons for voting opposed because you have at least, once they know something, they can never unknow it. And once members of the congregation see you voting opposed, they can never unknow that that is an option that you can do and you can live and still be okay again the next day for doing it. So it's a really good role model. Mm. It's also a really good opportunity to sit with leaders and say, you need to listen, because once you have put it in writing and told them, they can never unknow it. So, yes, it's a struggle, Jane, as you say, it's a huge struggle. I've struggled. I think I made my decision on what I'm going to do this weekend, but it's it's difficult. But I think it does make a difference, and I think people have to keep on doing it. And I understand the frustration of people thinking there's nowhere on this earth it works. I think it if people keep on doing it. I think the very, very first trade unions that went on strike in this country thought it wouldn't work. I'm pretty sure Emily Pankhurst thought it wasn't going to work. I'm pretty sure many people think a lot isn't going to work. When we started our safeguarding, we didn't think that we would have a safeguarding committee set up called by the area presidency. We didn't think we would upset the church to the extent the European North Area presidency were writing to every bishop and state president in the country. We didn't think we were going to have as many incredible people come forward to share their stories and experiences with us. We didn't,
0: didn't think I was going to fall in love with one of the church lawyers,
1: Sarah. I didn't think I was going to have the absolute hots for the most badassest woman I've ever met in my life. But I have had the hots that I do. Anyway, we're there. But I think there are so many things that none of us thought. But somewhere along the line, we have to try. Mm-hmm. Somewhere, who was it who said? Was it Desmond Tutu that said, "If you're silent in the face, if you're silent in the face of oppression, you take the side of the oppressor," and that is not. Before 11 billion people tell me I've got that quote wrong. It's very paraphrased, But if you don't speak up when you see something wrong, then actually. It? And just one yeah. last comment one last comment Perfect. i read the most fantastic post on facebook this weekend by susie Orgenstein, and i have shared it on my facebook page and she was talking to somebody who had been supporting somebody who had lgbt issues and he brought out the point that if you claim to be an ally or a friend or a supporter of somebody who is fighting difficult issues and you are not getting hit by the same stones as to hitting that person, you are not standing close enough.
0: Oh.
2: So
1: maybe we just all need to stand a little closer while we all get hit with the same stones to try and move things forward.
0: We love you, Susie. Thank you so much for all the work we that you her. do. Um She's another. Before, absolutely. Um before I come to to you, Ruth, um, Sarah, what interests me in the writing uh, to to um, register an opposing vote is the fact that you actually get to be quite boundaried with it if you don't want to have a conversation about your reasons why, if you want to register your vote and not follow up and not have those discussions, if you want to stay off the radar, those things are open to you. You've got a lot of control yeah. while you do that, which I quite – I like. I, um, I like. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: and, and there are e- email addresses now available to people that people can send email addresses and register their votes by that that line and that right. avenue if people wish to use email addresses to register opposing votes. Nima, yeah. If people yeah. wish to simply send letters, people can do that to their local state president, their bishop. Yeah. I was invited for an invitation discussion and I was happy to take that discussion up. But I I, I think we shouldn't sit around thinking there's nothing we can do. There is something we can do to try and turn this church into something that is fabulous and safe. There is something we can do.
0: Yeah, I I mean, uh, we've been asked if you get to make your reasons public. I mean, in general, those conversations about voting opposed are supposed to be private, but um, we live in the... Well, unless you jump on a podcast.
1: Yeah. Unless you jump on a podcast (laughs) and then we can make them public.
0: So, yeah, yeah. We, we highlight comments and things like that and invite people yeah. on the podcast and my brother's awesome also just to let you know. Um, So not, what, I, what I'm getting is that this is actually a really inclusive thing to do. So while we have the, the broad membership of the church who votes to sustain um, and that's the socially accepted thing to do, we have people who can rock up at church and physically be there and do that really hard thing to vote oppose and I know it's hard every time it's it's not having been on Nemo's with Nemo on his journey it's never ever easy but also there are other things that if you wanted to go for the first time even if you have had your name removed if you have you know experienced church discipline if you don't want anything to do with the church anymore there are ways of exploring how you can use your vote. And I think that's what I'm really excited about tonight. And in fact, we're hearing that we have a church lawyer who's talking about, uh, certainly in the case of safeguarding, but safeguarding can become a broader issue, that if there is something you are concerned about, this is the mechanism which we use. Um Mormon Civil War, uh, or Peter Bleakley will, will talk um, for hours on end about the the theology behind that and the doctrine and covenants and go check out his channel um but we have this mechanism and i would find it really exciting just to see how people use their voices or or don't yeah sorry sarah before we come to ruth
1: Jane, can we pick up on this quote by Joy Kelson? Until you are out for long enough to not be afraid, the consequences of voting in opposition seem terrifying. How can those of us already out support members brave enough to vote opposed now? Well, I'll tell you, when I stood and voted opposed, I had a member of the Brit Ventures next to me, and that was great. But even though we sat side by side and quickly grabbed each other's hand and sort of went, I'm Even though I actually felt my heart hitting my ribcage, it was beating that hard. I think there's an issue about how we show love and support and kindness, isn't it, to people who are kind of putting their head above the parapet. Can we pick up on that quote from that comment for a bit? And-
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I know that when it comes to voting time for me, I would like to do it privately, it's, well, privately with my congregation but yeah um you don't necessarily need a Britvenger to fly out although certainly you know people are in the area and everyone's happy to have a little day out here and there I'm, I'm sure I I think it's about the empowerment to use their voice um, and and if we're having conversations around that, so I want to come to to Ruth. What what would you say? What what's the answer
2: to to Joy's questions? So I think, and it ties in with what Joy said then, which is really powerful. Um, what I'm realizing the further away that I am, and you do get that sort of a better perspective. I think as you as you step back and examine it with a little bit of, of distance and and emotional distance as well, is that. My my ability to vote opposed is a privilege and my ability to vote opposed is a sustaining vote for those people who may not have a voice and is a sustaining vote for those people who have suffered at the hands of people in leadership positions and haven't felt they they can stand up for themselves. We all know of instances where people have gone through the repentance process and now called to a position of authority and they have victims sat in that congregation. And and I think by by sustaining, you are putting a knife in that victim who who feels like they're somehow in the wrong now because that person is back in in a position where they can maybe commit abuse Maybe lie, cheat, do whatever they want to do, and I think the the ability to say no is the same thing that you would do. You would advocate for a small child, wouldn't you? You would stop a bully and say no, that's not happening. No, stop it. And and I think we we. The heart-stopping thing, I think, does happen when you, when you perhaps you're doing it for yourself. But if you Definitely. if you knew that you needed to be strong for somebody who was weaker or smaller or didn't have a voice, you would you would all would all be there, wouldn't we? So maybe we just need to reframe it in our minds. And and if you feel like you want to be at church, you want to oppose, that's that's what you, who you're doing it for. You're doing it for those that yeah. haven't got the strength to oppose themselves, but they are there and they would they would love to have that that um. That ability to oppose
0: and i think the the other thing that is is really um hitting me tonight is the fact that this isn't i mean maybe sometimes it's going to be personal and that there is a personal issue or a personal barrier someone has been um has obfuscated the truth and that affects my ability to be able to sustain them in their role yeah. um the other side of that, though, is that it may be that I completely love and sustain that person. Um, I mean, we, we we talk about how we've all won leadership roulette. We frequently talk about, you know, um, our, our, our sainted um, state presidents. Sarah and I just are very, very lucky in that respect. But also, we're the primary president in my ward to be called and have a position where they're looking after children and yet they're not DBS checked and yet I still feel like there are problems with safeguarding and that risk isn't being managed within the organisation, that's enough to not sustain despite me knowing and loving these people. It's not personal and again that's something that may be better taken up in writing or it may be better expressed publicly so that you know as, as is mentioned then um, by my my brother earlier on we are setting that example people yeah. you know, youth are coming up who are, are used to seeing things like this now um know that dissent doesn't have to be something that we're terrified of so nemo um is this going to go anywhere
3: Is it going to go anywhere? I think it's one of several avenues available. I think I go back to my point about if you look at even the total figures the church claims, you know, I reckon the church will pass 17 million this conference, (laughs) possibly. Um, Someone was doing some Someone was doing some analysis on Reddit earlier today about uh, the church's current rate of growth. Will they hit the 17 million mark this conference or will they just miss it? Uh, And it looks like it could be a tight run race. So that's one of my predictions. Uh, Tune in on Friday for more. (laughs) Uh, hmm. So, but take the 17 figure as a round figure and take the world population. Mormons, everyone that is currently on the records of the Mormon church makes up 0.02% of the world population small so the world doesn't care they care when there's a big story they care when there's abuse going on that they can prove they care but they don't care that the institution itself is corrupt and problematic so it's up to members and one of the tools available to members is the opposing vote system and the way that's effective is it shows people if it's not working it shows people that it's not working members shelves and members uh kind of trust will crack when they realize hang on the checks and balances the church has instituted aren't sufficient Uh, and that'll help members to see that the church does need outside help in managing its safeguarding and other sort of things like that so that's why i think that's important that lots of people are doing it um i think that um I think that other things like public, trying to get the public involved, is also very important. But again, it's just such a niche topic. I don't. I, it's it's very tricky to sell it to a journalist. Um, I've tried. Maybe I'm just not very good at it. If you're good at it, reach out. Let me know. But it's it's will a hard it, thing to get the world interested in.
0: Will it help or change the church? Will it help or change the system? Oh yeah. Um, if members or people show
2: up and use that vote.
3: Yeah it will it, because it will and, make
2: a difference won't it because they won't admit that that's what's made the difference but give it yeah. five years ten years we'll be looking back at, and, and the church will be telling us how they were inspired mm. to make certain changes yeah for these purposes and
3: mm-hmm.
2: and we, you know hopefully people speaking up mm-hmm. and and advocating for others will be part of that process
0: mm-hmm. it and made a difference,
2: difference for that. It made a difference when
1: thousands of people resigned in the light of the November policy. Yes. Because, well, it got downgraded from Revelation to policy so that they could get rid of it, so they could stop more people leaving. But people registering their absolute outrage at such discrimination and such a harmful policy had an impact on the church then. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And in church history we have examples of the the general membership of the church voting no um we, we, we do have that we have to mm-hmm. search back quite a substantial amount of time um and these layers are sort of put in place but yeah I, I, so I maybe it's just because you know democracy is something that's really important I just love to see people using their vote and I think it's important but I mean, at least, at least we said it. At least yep. we said the thing. Um I'm going to come to everyone for closing comments. And before um before we, we close out for the evening, um we just wanna remind you. So uh oh, Mary is asking the the voting session of conference tends to be the Sunday morning, is that right, Nemo?
3: No, it's no, the Saturday it's afternoon.
0: Live. It's the Saturday afternoon, mm-hmm. yeah. This the post date has totally lost track. Um yeah so this tomorrow night we're uh i'm going to be hanging out with pd the rest of the brit Avengers, talking about our conference predictions we Mm -hmm. do have predictions we're quite excited to share um then we'll be talking about the sunday morning session with nemo over on his channel we'll be hanging out with the gang here next wednesday talking about our conference takeaways and then the following week we are hanging out with the wonderful uh david osler so as we close out tonight, um Sarah looks like she's studying something, so I'll come to you next. So let's go Ruth, Sarah, and then you'll we'll, will do your closing thoughts for tonight.
2: Um, I probably won't I probably won't drag myself up there to the chapel on Saturday evening um to to be part of it to to vote, if I'm if I'm brutally honest. Um but I applaud anybody that does do this process that and and I and hats off to those who faithful people who want the system to work and want to have their voice I I applaud you and I I admire you and if you need me to cheer you on I'm I'm there with pom-poms I'll do it I'll, I'll cheer you from the sidelines um I I personally am happy to use me walking away as my votes on the whole darn lot of them because I think the the top leadership is emulating the worst character um, traits and that filters down through and through and if you do happen to have a local leader who's just a nice guy that's great but there are nice guys all over the world doing all sorts of things they just happen some of them happen to be Mormons and 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 I, I just feel so disappointed. I feel so let down by it as an organisation. I hoped I hope they really believed in in what I thought they believed in, but I don't think they do. And I don't think the top leadership do. I don't think they like being held accountable. Um, and I want to be around people who are honest and have integrity and stick to their values, which is why I love you guys. And I love, you know, the people that, that sit in this space and put their head above the parapet and say... This organisation is important to me, and I've got the integrity to say not in my name.
0: I love that, and I I feel like for those uh, leaders that what we, to experience that do have integrity, that do have the ability. Sometimes they are as paralysed by the discomfort as we have been. We, we have all been, and they don't necessarily realise the power and authority that we have that they are the people who can these concerns and pick them higher up. To have to have Nemo the Mormons pick their butts and keep on poking at them to take it to the level where it can go, every one of those concerns, if they cannot be resolved, needs to be pushed higher up and we generally have been going to state president's offices to die. Um, I, and I, I think a lot of that is because you maybe are nervous that you've not been able to resolve it, or what does pushing up the up your line mean? I I I don't know, but I I do know there's a lot of ability to do more. Hell they now lot. go
3: they now go to Brooke P Hales's office to die. Hmm. Um, he's gonna he's a seventy, and he I bet he cannot wait to go emeritus. I think he puts it in stop the stop dealing with me.
2: Yeah, I think he puts it in the filing cabinet marked, we're being persecuted. And... You know, I it's think like, so, yeah. yeah. Goes in the, we're persecuted file.
3: Mm-hmm. Poor me, yeah, I'm persecuted in my very expensive suit.
2: That's that's my um conference prediction. There'll be some talks about how persecuted they are and how <sighs> that's a sign of the last days. And da 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 da. And I'll just get my little violin out and start playing for them.
0: I am just so sorry for the workload that Brother Hales has is having. Yeah. You you think as as a secretary to the first presidency, it it's going it's to be
2: meetings and schedules and flights. And you <laughs> it's get... said
1: it's Nemo. Said
2: it's Nemo you get no more when you have to do shorthand in reformed egyptian it's just a really tough job isn't it yeah.
3: <laughs> it's hard it's hard but, uh, i mean my my letter's been sent out uh my letter about church discipline um has been sent out to many stakes around the world yes no, it um, has. i mean i'll come to that once sarah said her remarks yeah. but I'll yes right
0: let's it. jump to you sarah what what yeah. you're thinking as we close out
1: I just want to read the last few sentences that I ended my letter with to my state president when I put my opposed vote in. And I put, so bearing in mind, I'd given all the reasons previously. So president, that's how I feel about the current leadership, not in my name, not with my consent. I don't want history to record that I stayed in a comfort zone bubble and failed to raise a voice of warning, a plea for the most vulnerable. I don't like conflict but I will not follow as a sheep when the house is on fire, membership falling rapidly, needs ignored, and members marginalised for speaking up. It is only by continuing my approach to direct conversation with leaders when issues of concern arise to raise awareness and seek clarification that we can hope to see any change.
0: Oh, Sarah, I, I am just so sorry that you're brought to having to write that. Yeah. And it is beautiful and it is correct and I, I stand well, with that,
1: you. That was two years ago. <laughs> so we now see what where I'm at two years <laughs> oh. on. But I think we might we put that letter I think we do we put that letter link yeah, up. Yeah,
0: let's we'll, we'll, we'll
1: set do up something. Online I We'll do something.
0: Nemo the Mormon. Take us out.
3: Viva la revolution, as they say. Um, I guess yeah, my letter uh I've laid out that there is a doctrinal and handbook case for the first presidency and the presiding bishopric to face disciplinary action. They absolutely should for their part in the SEC scandal. Um more broadly, they should face disciplinary action anyway, um, or certainly over their dishonesty with members of the church, a pattern of dishonest behaviour that they've shown. Um over half of them have, have t- said dishonest things in public, uh, and they've shown that they're incapable of responding to the evidence because Danley Chokes was assigned to investigate it and couldn't uh, or didn't want to, I don't know. But I would like to think that he he kept his word and did what he said he would do. Uh, but my, my letter now calling for church discipline against those men is being sent far and wide. Um, It's the east coast of the United States, a couple of stakes there, several stakes in Utah. Occasionally, it'll just pop up on Reddit and someone will be like, oh, have you seen what everyone sent? Uh, Yeah, that was me. Um, Someone's passed it along. And then, you know, it's gone to multiple stakes here in the UK. And people are like, oh, okay, what does that do? It does a few things. And this is where I'd like to end with activism because it, it affects people in different ways you've got the members that end up seeing it the people in your kind of mid-tier callings your high councils etc they end up seeing it and exposed to it some of them didn't even know about the sec problems so you expose people to problems they didn't know exist that's point number one every time an area presidency gets a state president reaching out because they tend to silo them so all these different state presidents each time they reach out to the area presidency and go oh i've had this email oh i've had this email i've had this email To builds up a picture that okay a lot of people are concerned about this, uh, and it puts pressure on that middle management to then escalate it or try and escalate it, and it only takes one of them to crack. It only takes a Hans Matson to realize that hang on, my integrity is worth more than my calling to go. Okay, I'm going to do something about this. So there's that element of it. So just it's about all about exposure. It's all about exposing as many members as possible to the truth. Uh, and they will do with it what they will and some will leave some will stay some will do something about it so that's why activism is important because you don't know who it's going to touch you don't know who's going to hear the message you don't know who's going to change their life for the better or try and change the church for the better as a result so just keep speaking up and keep sharing stuff
0: i love that thank you so much for the conversations that we've had tonight and i guess i would close out by I I know it hurts um, when you've taken a step back from the church to hear members speak like this when so much has happened and it's not yet been a deal breaker. Believe me, I, I know that it can be really triggering. But I have faith in this church. I have faith in the leaders of this church. And that's why I have faith that if we've set up this mechanism to talk about the problems or to indicate that there is discomfort and that something's not okay I feel empowered to be able to use that and it terrifies me and 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 I, I want I love and and want to sustain the profit this is not okay and so for the first time and I hope it's not for long I'm I'm going to be voting opposed um because I feel like our church leaders will listen. I feel like there's a point, and that may be naive and completely hopeless, but do you know what? I'm going to do it anyway, because this is what I signed up for. That's the takeaway that I hope that members have, that if you're voting sustain, I stand with you and hold your hand. And if you're voting opposed, I stand with you and, and I hold your hand. And I am so grateful that we can have conversations like this that are empowering, And that aren't about tearing down the church, that aren't about building frustration or feeding negativity. It's about using our vote and exploring a system. I hope tonight has been empowering for you too. Um, I wish you all a peaceful conference weekend. Don't forget that if it's too much to deal with, a step back, um, but come hang out in the podcast because we tend to give you the TLDR version and it is often way more fun than the real things. So come hang out over the weekend, um, over on Nemo the Mormon's channel and Priesthood Dispatches channel. And with that, we bless your journeys. Have a good night, everyone.
3: Good night.